All right. Welcome back to Drag Time with Heclina. We have somebody very exciting joining us on the podcast today. But first, if you like what you hear, visit our website, dragtimewithheclina.com for all the ways that you can support us. Thanks a bunch for the tips, which really do help Mark to keep the show going. We are on Venmo and Cash App as Drag Time. Uh, this episode's guest is uh, somebody that you, most of you know from his work with Madonna, uh, from the Blonde Ambition Tour and the movie Truth or Dare. Uh, Luis Extravaganza Camacho is a teacher, a creator, a choreographer, a recording artist, and he's a Vogue pioneer. He has his own podcast called Work, and he was even a celebrity grand marshal of the San Francisco Gay Pride Parade in 2018. Give it up for Luis Extravaganza. Hi! Hi, love. How are you? Good. How are you? It's so good to hear your voice. First of all, I want to get get this out of the way that you were my you were my crush back in the day when I used to watch uh, Truth or Dare, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you were the one that I always like. I always had my eyes on you. Um, oh, where where you. are you? Where are you joining us from? Are you in Palm Springs? I am. I just moved to Palm Springs in December. From where? Los Angeles. Okay. Um, and uh, you're originally from New York City? I am. So I'm going to go all the way back. And so you were born in the Lower East, you were raised in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Yes. And you yes. Are, you were a New York City boy. Yes, I was I was what you call a New Yorican. Yes, you're Puerto Rican. I love, that's what I love about New York City is it has all those wonderful Puerto Rican, hot border, Puerto Rican boys. And uh, you... Just started dancing because you love to dance. I did. My mom actually put me in dance class because I was always shaking it in front of the television. So, you know, she was like, we got to get this boy some, you know, energy outlet. And what was the, what, what, what were you shaking it in front of too? Was it, uh, you know, American Bandstand or what was it? What were you shaking it to? <laughs> so back then um, it was a couple of things, but my favorite thing was there was this Puerto Rican artist. Her name is Iris Chacon. Oh my God. I love Iris Chacon. Yes. And, you know, as you know, then she came out with the feathers, with the thong and the mm -hmm. bugle beads and the big red hair and the hips and she would shake it. And mm -hmm. so I would just, you know, turn my little funny, fundy undies uh -huh. into a thong and I would turn my T-shirt, you know, I would twist it inside out uh -huh. and turn that into a little midriff. And, uh, you know, my mom definitely knew I was gay then. And I would try to shake it like Iris Chacon. Iris Chacon, of course, amazing. so many people might know her from that amazing commercial for Coulant. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> but then uh, she's also been on the Letterman show. She's incredible. She is um, incredible. And I got to dance with her later on in my teens when she released an English song called Am I a Tease? Oh, yeah. So what I got to be like, well, can I tell you that when she answered the door to her home, she was in pink, fuzzy, high heel slippers and a pink robe. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Every gay boy's dream. I was like, oh, will you be my mommy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. She just seems like she's such a spitfire. 
Oh, my God. I mean, what you saw is what you got every time, all the time. Amazing. So uh, at night, you were, uh, well, I mean, of course, when you, when, when you were still, uh, before you were plucked from obscurity by, uh, by a singer, we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, you were a performer in the New York ballroom and dance club scene, uh, and uh, you left the House of LeMay to join the House of Extravaganza. So it was important back, back in those days to come from a house. It was. Um, at the time, I was attending the High School of Performing Arts in New York. And some of the guys that were in there, oh, you know, some of the seniors were in houses. Uh -huh. And so, you know, locker room talk, right? You, you know, you kind of uh, gravitate to, you know, the people who you are akin to. And so they turned out to be... Uh, guys who were also in houses. And that's how we kind of, oh, that's how I got introduced to it. And uh -huh. after school, we would play Red Light, Green Light, Vogue, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically like Red Light, Green Light, one, two, three, where they turn around and then you try to get as close to the person before they turn back around. But when they turn back around, you had to hit a, you had to strike a pose. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the best pose got to move up. So. So strike you know, a pose has been your has been your tagline ever since then, pretty much. From the beginning, <laughs> striking a pose was was it <laughs> that we were striking poses from the get go. Most people don't know and had never heard of voguing until Madonna made it famous. But this was your this is where before voguing came from. Was yes. this yeah okay. Um, and you were you're closely associated with uh, with well, so can, can we talk about Madonna? Yes, of course. You know we have to. We so, have to. Uh, so uh, you were approached out of nowhere by Madonna because she was she she was shown a video of of you guys. Yes. Yeah, so back then, Debbie Mazar, who's an actress, right. was doing makeup for Madonna and just kind of like, you know, just hanging out and being her friend and doing her makeup. And uh, Madonna was, uh, well, has always had her ear to the beat of what was going on culturally. culturally. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she was like, developing a song about voguing because she heard about you know all these voguing guys who were voguing in the club so she was developing that song debbie said oh i know a bunch of guys who do that and she said well have them send me a tape so it was like six degrees of separation debbie's friend knew my friend's boyfriend and, you know, the rest is history. We all got together. I don't know how we all got together. There was a video camera and somebody opened up a club and started playing some records. And we just started voguing in front of this camera, not really thinking much of it. Right. So you and you and Jose were were kind of plucked together. Right. You and Jose yeah, there was about because we all we all <laughs> we were all fighting for camera time. But uh -huh. it was me, Jose and David Ian, who has passed away. And at in the end, it was just you know it was just me and Jose who were chosen. Wow! And um, is it? I mean, so going from that to auditioning for Madonna to then being chosen, what came first, the 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 song and video Vogue or the tour Blonde Ambition? 
Um, it was uh, the video. So we uh -huh. were hired to choreograph the video. Uh-huh. And then we went out to Los Angeles. We were hired to choreograph the video with the possibility of going on tour. So uh -huh. it's kind of like this package deal. And so by the time the video ended, she, you know, said, yes, come on tour with me. I think we could, you know, set the world on fire. And I said, yes, I think we can too. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, the blonde, her blonde ambition, her blonde ambition tour in that era, the era of her career is seen, are seen uh, retrospectively as her, her career peak. Um, and, you know, she kind of set a new standard for tours with Blonde Ambition. Um, and you were in the eye of the hurricane. Yes. Was it, uh, I mean, does it haunt you today to think about like how, not haunt, but I mean, it must be kind of like to think back and go, wow, like all that really happened, you know? Yes. Um, well, we had her at a time where she was going from lace skirts and tops and rubber bracelets to Gautier curated outfits. So she was, you know, she was crossing that threshold of pop star into international, you know, global phenomenon. So that is never lost on me and Jose. And I can, and I can speak for Jose on this topic. Whereas we, I mean, talk about the stars aligning, right? Yeah. It's just, I, we were dumb, you know, we were dumbfounded at what was happening in front of us. Although if you asked us back then, if, you know, this same question, the answer would have been different. It would have been like, of course we knew, please. Are you kidding me? This is us. <laughs> la, la, la. We so, you know, because we were so high on ourselves. It was uh -huh. so fabulous because we were fabulous and we carried that around and, you know, as, you know, basically as armor. Yeah, of course. You know, and so, you know, if you asked us back then, yes, we knew this was going to happen. But in retrospect, you know, we're always awed and, and humbled by it, by it all. And what was, uh, what was your, uh, can you give us one of your favorite memories of being on that? I mean, it was a huge tour. It went to, of course, North America, Europe, Asia. Can you give us one of your favorite memories from that tour? Yeah, I can give uh, I can give a couple, but the one that always comes to mind is uh, we were in Paris, um, and we were having kind of like a celebration. Gautier hosted a dinner for us at a French restaurant, um, so the restaurant was closed, and it was of course us and Gautier, Naomi Campbell, you know the the Parisian glitterati at, at the time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and then afterwards, me, Jose, Madonna, and maybe uh, like Nikki or something like we, we just got into her limo and they just took us around Paris. So we're tipsy on bubbly, you know, like there's the Eiffel Tower. And it's just like, I had that moment. It's like, oh my God, I am in a Mercedes limo with Madonna you know, drinking champagne and I'm in Paris and I'm just a kid from the Lower East Side. Like, 
there were a lot of moments like that, but that one stood out for me. Yeah, yeah. like pinch me, pinch me is all this really happening, you know? That's right. It was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is really happening. Wow. And it, it's like, I never wanted it to end. Like, I never wanted any of those moments to end. Right. So, so I was super conscious of my, you know, of the moment. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what I'm doing. This is what color the th- you know the color of the car is. You know, uh-huh. black. You know, uh, we're taking her back to you know the Ritz now. She's on this floor. La la la. Uh-huh. Another moment, of course, is when we went to Chanel. You know, we walked. We were at the George Sunk Hotel, and we walked over. By the time we got to our hotel, we had to run because we were being chased by fans. And then we get to the Chanel store through a back, you know, through a back street, and it was empty. And literally, by the time we came out of that store, it was pandemonium. Right, right. That was in the movie, wasn't it? Truth or Dare. Yeah, that, that mm-hmm. whole scene. Um, so, tell me uh, about that movie. Were you comfortable being in it? I was comfortable anytime the camera was on me. Yeah, was like, <laughs> that's okay. So that's that's what was always evident about you is you loved being on the camera. You loved the attention. You weren't. You didn't seem shy at all. But there were some of the guys once the movie came out who did not. Uh, they did not appreciate the movie. Or I mean, I, I watched Strike a Pose, and there were a couple of people who were not cool with it. Is that right? Some of them were not cool about how the movie was being edited. They thought, I think, I think one of the things was they thought they would have um, a chance to have editing input. Although uh, that it could, you know, I might be wrong. For me, I... I mean, God, I was young, right? I was like mm-hmm. 18, 19 years old. It's just like, I, and I didn't know when this was going to ever happen to me again. So how, whatever chance I was getting on, on the camera was, was all right with me, you know? <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> well, you, um, you, definitely, I mean, you definitely had that charisma whenever you were, I mean, I just, I watched your, in preparation for this podcast, I watched your Rock the Vote segment with Madonna and yeah. I watched, of course, some clips of you and you always were kind of, you, you knew when the camera was on you for sure. Yeah, because um, I never knew when it was going to be on me ever again. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do af- after that, mm-hmm. you know? So I was like, well, milk it for all it's worth. Fuck it, let's just do it. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, amazing pop artists like Madonna or like David Bowie, their their talent was to take things from the street or the underground and kind of mass uh, uh, make them acceptable to the masses. Yeah. But, that, but that's also something that Madonna has been criticized for is yep. like stealing from gay culture and uh, selling it to the masses. And, and most people think that she, you know, invented it or whatever, when really she borrows, she borrows, but I think, I think that's part of her genius. But what do you think about the people who accuse her of stealing from gay culture? I think everybody has a right to their own opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. I see it as Madonna just being an advocate and shining a light onto things that she likes and things that she thinks are fierce and fabulous. 
Mm-hmm. And if she thought Vogue was fierce and fabulous, then who better to take it around the world and shine a light and say, hey, everybody, this is fantastic. Y'all should get up and look at this and see this. Um, you know, I mean, her vehicle was, you know, she's a songwriter. She's a song. She's, you know, she's a singer. So let's let's write a song about it and let's put the dancers up and dance, you know, and have them dance it and let's take it all around the world. Yeah, I, so, I think yeah. I mean, I, but I get what I get what people are saying. You know, I get it. I just don't share that opinion. Right. I think it was amazing at that time because we're in it. We live in an era right now where uh, being gay and gay culture is is really uh, it's accepted in the mainstream now. But back when Madonna was doing it in the early '90s, you know, AIDS was at its peak. Uh, people had a lot of, you know. Uh, homophobia and all this stuff. So it was it was amazing that the biggest pop star in the world was so unabashedly gay in her uh, in her presentation, and I oh, think yeah. that, was, that was so important to so many young gay guys. And I, I I can I can definitely attest that it was important to me to see that um, that queerness. You know, yeah. I mean, and it definitely opened a com- opened up a conversation between people, right? I mean, whether it was Vogue, whether it was you know, like a virgin, whether it was her sex book, she's pushing these buttons to not only shock and say, this is my creative expression, but to open conversations so that people are now having this open dialogue, whether they like it or they or they don't like it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really important at that moment of time, especially. And uh, Madonna was what was the, one of the only people who was even saying the word AIDS and and doing and fundraisers. Well, maybe her and Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and, can, and can I tell you, she was so gay. Like she is definitely. I love her. I love you. I love her. I love you. I love the way she was back then, and she will, you know, attest to this too. But she was, you know, she was so a gay man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she acted so gay. We were like, oh, you are so gay, girl. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, she kind of had to act like a bit. You know, she was always so assertive. And, you know, she was a woman. <laughs> she was a woman, you know, in this, uh, and she was owning the music industry pretty much. Yeah. You know, she had to be, she had to be a force, a strong force. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it oh. doesn't help that she has these two queens, like just, you know, in, enforcing uh just you know bombarding her with all this like street gay sassiness that she's like yes let's snap fingers let's do runway down the hallway (laughs) (laughs) well so there came a time though that that tour did end and um madonna was still uh really supportive of you guys she uh lent support to you and um when you guys did jose and lewis uh with your act and you recorded yeah. the Queen's English. Madonna sang background vocals and all yeah. that stuff. And you guys went on. But um, there also came a time when you struggled for, for many years. Am I right? Yes, With, I did. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not ashamed of it at all. Um, you know, with all that fame and, uh, and attention for me, and I'll only speak for myself, you know, it was... Sometimes it was just a lot to deal with, you know, it was just a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes I just, you know, partying, you know, became important. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, looking back now, if I had to, if I had to change that part of it, then I would make different decisions. Mm-hmm. But those decisions that I made, you know, I've learned from and and grown from. So maybe not. Maybe I would probably make the same decisions because I definitely had a good time. Yeah, but, but I definitely, you know, went down a road where substance you know abuse was a big part of my story for a while Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i've been through all that myself and i can i I can say now like i remember i saw one of my aunts when i back when i went back home to visit and i was like you know auntie you were right when i was 18 and you told me don't drink don't do drugs don't smoke stay in school all that stuff i was like okay now that i'm 53 i could be like you know what she was right but i I, but i had to live through all that stuff you know i had to do it all um, and in, and in and in that perspective, you know, and in that perspective, then you know, us coming out on the other side better for it, then was it really that bad, right? I mean, exactly. Everything I mean, is divine in its own right. So if I had to learn from that, then so be it. And look at all the experiences you had. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a blessed life. And and for you to have survived through that, a lot of people did not make it out of the nineties. Yeah, and you know what I mean. And um, and you can look back on those on those years. And you worked with other people. You worked with Tony Bennett. You worked Tony with Tony Bennett, Lisa, Aretha. Lisa in the Cold Jam, Aretha Franklin. What uh, was Aretha like? Well, we worked on her video, um, mm-hmm. and we didn't meet her, so she oh, was probably okay. shooting on another day. They were doing, you know, uh, shots of, of of the other dancers probably on one day, and then she probably came in on another day. Oh yeah, I was so sad. I, I didn't see her until right right towards the end and she was definitely having a hard time on stage and uh but i was a huge fan I, and you know there's this thing going around on um facebook right now like what was the number one song when you were born and i, I looked back and it was respect by aretha franklin <laughs> so, yes <laughs> which means i'm old um <laughs> <laughs> So besides you and Jose, I know you and Jose are very close. Uh, do you keep in touch with any of the other Blonde Ambition dancers? I do. Uh-huh. All of them. Oh, really? Yeah. You guys get together? We get together. Uh, I just saw Carlton and Kevin. I see them a lot. Well, I saw them a lot before I moved to Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I speak to them all the time on the phone. Uh, Carlton is a... God, he's really special to me he's a you know he's one of those really strong uh vibrations in my life that i just i just love kevin is a sweetheart oliver Mm -hmm. is just sweet sweet oliver he lives in vegas and you know there's my sister slamantha and jose who are in new york doing their thing Mm -hmm. and do you still dance do you dance I don't dance as much. Um, I have a monthly, well, before the pandemic, I taught a monthly Vogue workshop. But I don't dance as much anymore, Mm -hmm. sadly. Yeah, I know. It's like the pandemic has put a stop to a lot of things. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's let's talk about your podcast. You have a podcast called Work. It's called Work. And tell us about it. It's, It's It was inspired by your workshop, right? It was inspired by my workshop and, you know, I just wanted to talk to people like you, Heclina, who inspire the word work, 
mm-hmm. you know, who have these journeys that make us say, well, we've got to work because sometimes, you know, the journeys are not always what they seem, right? Yeah. And so it's not always, you know, pink elephants and lemonade every day. People That's have true. really, really uh, interesting and strong journeys. And, um, you know, some of those journeys are, uh, I feel, are worth, you know, telling. Mm-hmm. I really do. Where can people catch this podcast? Wherever you, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, it's on there. Yeah. Well, and what are you watching? Are you watching anything during the pandemic? Are you? Uh, oh my god! Any... I wish I was. I wish I wasn't watching so much television. I know. Um, What's gotten you through? What's gotten you through the pod- uh, the uh, pandemic? Well, definitely, I rewatched all of Downton Abbey all over again. Oh wow! Do you recommend I mean, that? I've, I've never seen that. Oh, oh, I love it so much. Ooh, but I'm a, I'm a freak. I don't know if you might like it, but I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it. Well, I loved The Crown, and uh, yes, well then you'll uh, love Downton Abbey. You'll love Downton Abbey. But um, God, The Crown, of course. I rewatched mm-hmm. all of that again. Amazing. Um, yes, because I love that, and I just went down this like British show rabbit hole you know the great the great british baking show oh wow do you have a review of bridgerton i really enjoyed bridgerton i didn't want to enjoy bridgerton (laughs) but you know it looped me in uh shonda did it again (laughs) she reeled us in um i liked it in the end i really liked it okay um what is your associate so last time i saw you 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 were coming with anil i think to see my show at oscars yes. um downtown it, what is your association with oscars so i i partnered up with dan and we're doing oscars together now oh really yeah what does that mean does that mean that you guys are uh you, so you're running it to you're both running it together yeah uh, and are you, you're open sort of, right? For takeout and stuff? We're open for, we're open for takeout. We're open for curbside pickup. We are now open, uh, for outside dining. Oh, really? Okay. Uh-huh. And yeah. we just reopened drag brunch. Really? Yes, because we have a balcony. So we have an outside patio and the patio has a balcony. So we're able to have the girls perform on the balcony oh amazing and you know if you ever want to come let me know yeah we did yes we we did two runs of golden girls there um how how was that for you guys it was great it was uh i really enjoyed it the sight lines were not good there was like one i mean the sight lines were challenging because there was a pillar there where i think some people complained if they were sitting too far back but otherwise Otherwise, it's it was great that it was right there downtown, and yeah, I'm and you have a and you have a big following, Heckelina. So it was packed all the yeah, time. Yeah, that was yeah, so I fun. Mean, the showroom could have been a little bit bigger for you. I'm trying to work on that. Oh, cool! All right, <laughs> <laughs> we need a bigger showroom for Heckelina and, and her crew, please. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> let's go back to Madonna a little bit. Okay. 
What do you think? So uh, she she's getting a lot of flack now just because, um, well, just because, you know, her Instagram is a little bit uncomfortable to look at sometimes. And I, I don't know. I mean, and, and and some of the work she's had on her face is a little bit uncomfortable to look at, but she's still, what do you think of Madonna today? Do you think she's still doing a good job of being Madonna or do you think she's lost her way a little bit? Jeez, I don't know how to answer that because I'm still, I mean, every time I look at her, I see the Madonna that I had, you know, that mm -hmm. that we had back then, and she was pretty flawless. Oh, she, well, okay, so that, that I'll say it again, that era of her Blonde Ambition was like, there was nobody, she was untouchable. You she know? was untouchable. I mean, just even we lived with her for a little bit uh, it, after the tour, because, excuse me, because we did the MTV Awards, so... We stayed at her house, and mm -hmm. and so oh girl, the stories. Anyway, but you know, just an everyday living with her. She was just so beautiful. She really, she was just perfect. And, yeah, and and when she was, I mean, she was an amazing pop star. And when she was good, she was so good. And um, and her her golden era lasted a long time. I think um, I think I think what Madonna has Madonna has committed the ultimate sin, which is she has not died or gone away, and if, if, if because <laughs> because she has survived and she didn't die like Michael Jackson or Prince or whatever, yep. she she just gets the shit thrown at her all the time, yeah. and I think the only thing Madonna can do to um, to quiet her detractors is if she died and she's not going to she's going to survive. No, she's not going to die. Um, my only thing with Madonna, and if she was in front of me, I would tell her the same thing. You know, I just don't think she needs all of the all of the accoutrements. Is you know what I'm saying? Like she doesn't need to dye her hair pink. Mm -hmm. She doesn't need to wear like the crazy outfit or say the outlandish things like. Trust me, girl, you're good. You don't right. have to say any of that stuff to to stay relevant. Right. right. Because, you know, at this point, she's, you know, she's past international global superstar. She's now this, this living legend, this icon. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think she needs to keep reinventing herself or mm -hmm. reinventing a look to stay relevant. I think, honestly, if she just stayed, you know, I mean, if she went out there in a in a ponytail and a red lip, she, it, all the queens would be like, yes, Lord, that's it. I think you that's know? what, that's what people want. They, they, yeah. want, they, they just want that. They want, because nobody was, uh, you know, there was a period when her reinventions just stopped being interesting. Um, and, uh, and now I think people just want that live to tell moment where she's just stripped away all the crap, you know? Yeah. And, like she doesn't need, she doesn't need to be like sad clown or she doesn't need to be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Madame X. She doesn't need uh -huh. to be a Madame X. She doesn't yeah, need yeah. to be a sad clown. Like I get it. I get the art. I get it. Mm -hmm. Trust me. I get it. And it's fabulous. It's elevated. I get it. But she doesn't need it. 
She right. doesn't need it. She is Madonna. There's no other Madonna. She could walk on stage and just be Madonna and everybody would like fall to their knees. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, uh, well, thank you for coming on, Luis Extravaganza. Um, <laughs> it was an honor. Should I call you Luis Camacho or just Luis? You can call me whatever you'd like, love. Just don't call me late for dinner. Oh, I knew I knew you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> what uh, what what can we expect from you when all this bullshit settles and people are allowed to congregate? Well, what you can expect is my classes to come back mm-hmm. in Palm Springs or LA. I want to do them both here in Palm Springs and in LA. Okay. And then uh, developing Oscars so we can have more shows and more events and, uh, you know, and develop more creative things happening at Oscars. Amen to that. That's what yes. this, town, this, this town needs, a good, a good showroom. Yes. Yeah. We love, we love entertainment. We love to, you know, like people love to go out and, you know, listen to music or, you know, see a show or whatever, you know, in, in any capacity. So we are looking forward to that. All right. And where can people follow you on the socials? I'm one Lewis Extrava on uh, Instagram. Or just Louis Camacho on Facebook. Okay. Well, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Hecklina. If you love us, if you love us, please show it. Subscribe to the show, like us, rate us. And please tell anybody you can about Drag Time with Hecklina. You know, this was a real honor talking to you, Luis, uh, because like I said, you know, that, that was an important part of my youth was watching you guys and Madonna during that special period of her career. So to talk to you, um, and you know, you, you went through the fire and, uh, and you're, you're doing good now. And I mean, you're a success story. And so I want to thank you for coming on. I thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. All right. Well, thank you. 